Brothers and sisters, welcome back to the XX Mormon Podcast. We are delighted to have you here in this wonderful sacrament meeting. We do have something very important that we need to talk about. This is a matter that deeply concerns our ward, and that is divorce. Brother and sister so-and-so in the, divorce, in, in the ward recently got divorced, and we're going to need everybody here to pick a side. This is based on a real thing that really happened in one of my wards growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. How old are you? Uh, so I think I would have been about 12. And so it was people that I knew, but the ward had like split just before this happened. So they weren't in my ward anymore, but my friends were still in that ward. And what happened is every, like everybody picked sides in, in this divorce. Every, everybody in the ward picked sides. And, mm -hmm. uh, this was the most toxic ward in the city. Okay. Uh, and everybody picked sides and then it was bad enough that the bishop had to get up and address it in sacrament meeting. This was addressed in sacrament meeting, so chastising the ward. He was, he was just like, guys, he's like, stop, stop. Like, no, like stop picking sides of people. Just like, just come here and feel the spirit, please. You basically have to be like, you're driving the spirit away because everybody's coming here to gossip about this family that's being torn apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's all I really remember about it. That was like 12 years ago. So, but there was a family in my ward when I was about 12 years old where randomly this family stopped coming to our ward. They started going to another ward. Mm -hmm. And it was like, what happened to this other family? Hmm. hmm. This is so weird. And they're like, oh yeah, their kids just weren't getting along with other kids or something. That was what I always heard. And I'm like, okay, when I didn't get along with other kids, I didn't get to choose another word. This is weird. Yeah. But every time somebody would say something about this family, I remember I was driving to seminary and this kid in our van was criticizing one of those kids in this family that started going to the other ward. Right. Mm -hmm. And the mom just tore a strip off of him. Like, you don't understand what this family's gone through and you keep your mouth shut and you be nice to them. And blah, blah. And I'm like, I will never ask a question about this family going to the other ward ever. Yeah. But then like six years later, I was in uh, grade 12 and I asked, I come, I have a spare period or study hall. I just came home early from school. My mom's there and we're just kind of chatting about stuff. And then I'm just like, huh what happened to that family? And I'm like, mom, why did that family start going to the other ward? And then she tells me about how the mom in that family had an affair with a former Bishop that was Oof. also in the ward. And, uh, and then, yeah, the ward, she's telling me about how the ward started picking sides and, uh, and the, the wife of the man who was involved in the affair really kind of started bullying and rabble rousing people to her side wow. to like kind of pick on the, the adulteress yeah. and stuff like that. So they had to go to another ward. I'm just like, that is nuts. And then yeah. my dad told me that uh, they were going to call this family, the family where the, the wife had been the cheater. Yeah. Uh, they were, you know, ten, we're talking like 10 or 15 years after the fact. Yeah. They want to call them in, to be like the, you know, sometimes they put older couples into the YSA wards is just like, yeah, as they wanted, they're there to help out and mentor and guide helpers yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then somebody says, well, do you really want somebody with that kind of background <laughs> <laughs> serving in the YSA? My dad told me he just lost it. He was like, what 
are you taught? What do you mean? What kind of background? Like, how is that relevant? Yeah. To who, who they are right now. Yeah. And so this, this was recent. Of, this was recent. Like within the last, it probably all came out 20 years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. But then them being maybe called into that would the, have been within the last recent. that last 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember think as I'm like, hanging on to the shreds of my testimony maybe five years ago i'm thinking about this whole story and everything i'm just thinking do you know what if i had a family crisis like this if i had had an affair or me and my wife were on the verge of divorce or whatever i would not tell a damn soul at church about it no if like if i had cheated while i was an active mormon i would deal with the fallout to my family mm-hmm and then once that was all resolved, then I would deal with the ecclesiastical portion of my membership. Like yeah. I'm not, not dealing with that yeah. on top of the actual crisis of yeah. my family falling apart. Can you imagine right? the whole ward finding out? <laughs> I know, I know. Like, and ev- like, like everybody knowing. Yeah. Like everybody, all of your friends, all of your family that's in the ward, like yeah. e- everybody finds out about your dirty laundry. Like I remember passing the sacrament and I remember these particular people not taking the sacrament and, uh, but not putting, not connecting the dots. Yeah. Like, like, because it's not like they sat around each other. Right. Right. Just being like, this is weird. Well, everybody told me it's none of my business and I shouldn't have even looked anyway. So I'll just mind my business and go on my way kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. Wild. So yeah, very, very wild stories. So I mean, if, Anybody, uh, I don't think anybody who listens will know these people, but, um, and I don't think I've done anything to dox them, but yeah, just, that was wild. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, wow. Um, very interesting story. So, so um, speaking of the church tearing families apart. Yes. Uh, <laughs> how, how, how shall we introduce our topic today? Divorce. Um, honestly, uh, divorce, I think, has a bad rap. Uh, a lot of people are like, "Oh, they're they're getting divorced," but I think the reason it has a bad rap is because people don't get divorced when they Soon should enough. get divorced, <laughs> yeah. right? They they like wait till it's really bad and terrible for everyone involved, and mm-hmm. then they get divorced. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, yeah, I think that's um an interesting thing, uh, that, that we, uh, that we do. Um, but yeah, in the, in the, and I think in the church that happens a lot too. Like if a lot of us, if people were just like, uh, it's just not true. And we just left peacefully, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be so bad. We'd just be out. We'd be gone. But then because we force ourselves to stay, it gets toxic and it, and it festers. Right. I think maybe people are confused because I don't think we've been exactly clear we we did an episode many many months ago about breaking up with the church mm-hmm. right and and it tells you a bunch of things about getting through a breakup but i think over the last few months we've realized that you don't really break up with the church unless maybe you were the only member in your family and you converted and then you left before you had got married or had any kids yeah then yeah you can break up with the church but if you've been married in the church, if you're a descendant of Mormon family, you don't break up with the church. You get divorced from the church Mm -hmm. and you have to share custody 
of your family of your family members like your real life family members you have to share custody because like when we started this show it was all about how do we get beyond mormonism so that it's just not on our mind anymore but like i mentioned in the episode last week i had to go to a ward christmas party to support my mother-in-law right right that's like showing up to the baseball game with the stepdad yeah yeah. Right. It's like we, we're go every time I go to skid, kids sporting events, the stepdad's going to be there too. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and, and he's going to be even, cheering so loud and it's going to be and, obnoxious and he's going to say something stupid. And we're going to have to be civil and we're going to have to be civil for like the next 15 years until our kids grow up and move out of the house. Yeah. But even then we're going to fight over like who's paying for tuition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and so here, here's a, here's a joint custody thing that uh that i had happened the other week uh so of course we're recording this before christmas this is coming out january 9th though and we're we're doing a family christmas dinner and every and my brother couldn't come because he was working at the temple the fan like the family christmas Mm -hmm. he couldn't come because he was working at the temple Mm -hmm. and everybody in the family all the members in the family were like, oh, that's okay. You know, that's that's great. I'm so glad he works at the temple. And then my great aunt just looks at me. She's not Mormon. And she just gives me this look of like, are you serious? Like, mm-hmm. really? You know, like this idea that it brings families together and stuff. But then, oh, like, oh, I have to miss it because I have to go stand at the veil and give out secret handshakes. <laughs> You know, well, I, like I think the other thing it would be because the church is so authoritarian is that he probably didn't even say, I've got a family thing. Can I uh, trade shifts with someone? Right. It was just like, I have to do this thing because the Lord has commanded me yeah. to work this temple shift. Yeah. And you do not decline your assignments. And then because the rest, everybody else in your believing family will just be like, oh, you have to work in the temple. The church overrides everything in our life. That's okay. Nobody's going to pressure you or, or or push you to go and be like i've got a family conflict can we swap this out yeah yeah well and so with my brother i think it's about 50 50 there there's right. a ch- there's a chance he might have tried to get it covered oh, okay. um but uh there he he might not have i don't know um but yeah definitely a 50 50 thing with, with mm-hmm. him or he could have just been using it as an excuse to get out of Maybe uh, yeah. he didn't want to go. <laughs> yes. I think we've all used the church to excuse ourselves from oh, things we didn't want to do. 110%. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I have a church thing. I can say for sure. Every time there was a girl in school who had a crush on me that I was not interested in, mm-hmm. I was straight as an arrow Mormon. Oh, dude. I was like, sorry, can't date till I'm 16. <laughs> and then like two months later, I'm dating a pretty girl and, and the girls, the other girls, like, I thought you weren't going to date until you're 16. I'm like, I've decided I want nothing to do with my religion anymore. Yeah. Then break up with the girl. Then some other weirdos interested in me. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I'm more, I've decided I'm going to try and be Mormon again. <laughs> <laughs> I always did the no homework on Sunday thing. I'd always right. like go to school and be like, sorry, like my mom doesn't let me do homework, do on, homework Sunday. on Sunday, which is true. Uh, mm-hmm. but oh man, I would milk that. I just, be, yeah. I just didn't have enough time to do it. No homework on Sunday. 
Yeah. Same with like missing first period because or being late for first period because of seminary. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. I well, and then I I had seminary across the street from the school, and I had release yeah. time seminary, and uh, yeah, I would always. I I came into class late once, and I was like, oh yeah, I was just at the seminary building, and of course, my teacher knew what the seminary was. And so she thought I was like getting some ecclesiastical counseling or something, but I was just hanging out playing <laughs> ping pong. But she's like, oh, is everything all right? I'm like, yeah, everything's fine. Thank you. And she's like, okay, sit down. We're just having quiet reading time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the divorce there. So the reason we think it's more like a divorce is, you know, this, this saying they say, oh, you can leave it, but you can't leave it alone. Right. Uh, it doesn't leave us alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we still have family in it who will call us and invite us to things. You know, I was chatting on the phone with my older sister this morning and Mm -hmm. she says, uh, oh yeah, we didn't go to church today because baby is sick. You know, and it's like, it just comes up, right? In Mm -hmm. in conversation with your family and there's there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, And you kind of just have to like, play nice and be like, oh, you know, oh, that's good. Oh, you had the primary presentation, you know, that terrible, toxic, awful, terrible, evil thing that I really, really hate. Oh, that's so fun. Did she have fun? Oh, wow, that's good. You know, and you you just have to play nice with it or don't and have a toxic post-divorce relationship. Exactly, right? Like it's, you like I haven't seen it very much firsthand, um, but I know I've I've overheard or have been you know told by people who uh, who have been divorced about like issues sharing custody, issues with child support, mm-hmm. issues with all these things, and then also hearing about things working well yeah. and just kind of making the best of it and everybody trying to be civil. Mm-hmm. And so I think that yeah, when you leave the church, you get it's like it's more like getting divorced and you're sharing custody with the church over your your friends and your family. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to show up to these things and just be civil. Yeah. Because it, think of the children. Right. Right. Like, right. 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 It's right. about the kids. But in this case, the kids are your parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so strange. And the church wants a hundred percent custody and all you get is visiting on weekends. On yeah. Occasional oh, weekends not, and holidays. Yeah. Not on, not on weekends. You get occasional just visiting. Saturday. You get Saturday. Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and occasional sat holidays. Yeah. Um, and I don't, we're not trying to make light of anything that anybody's, um, is going through, but I think that just the comparison is too good. And, yeah. uh, and that really, that actually changed my perspective going to this word Christmas party. I kind of got a pit in my stomach about going. Yeah. And then I just thought like, I'm going to see the ex-wife Yeah. and I've got to put on a good face here yeah. and be, and be civil in front of everybody because yeah. I don't want to make a scene. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, it ended up being like pretty good because there's some very, very down to earth members in our ward who just, they see me and they, everybody's wearing a mask at this activity. And so people are coming to talk to me and I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't tell who anybody is with these masks on. They're like, Oh, it's so-and-so from, I'm like, Oh yeah. Hey, how are you? Hey. <laughs> and then they, I start asking about their kids and whatnot, and blah, blah, blah. And then there was one, there was a girl that I uh, taught Sunday school to like six years ago who, uh, she's studying piano in Austria now and she's back for Christmas and she played uh, 
a rendition of Oh Holy Night, and it was really, really amazing. So I was just, you know, saying to somebody, I was like, you know, yeah, I used to teach her in Sunday school. And I was telling my kids about how uh, I used to teach her in Sunday school, and then my kids said, what Sunday school? And then we all laughed. <laughs> like, we laughed, <laughs> like the member that I'm telling, we're laughing about this with me. Yeah. You know, because it's like just no, like I'm out and it's not a big deal for them. Yeah. You can just joke That's about it. Got to be kind of nice. It, I think because we're, I'm outside of Utah and I'm even outside of Alberta, people just don't really care if you're inactive. Right. Right. They don't, nobody's trying to reclaim. They're just like, you don't want visits? Cool. We'll just take you off the list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nobody's trying to reclaim you. Yeah. Um, I saw the bishop and called him by his first name. Because to me, that's who he is. And he didn't make a big deal out of that. Yeah. And saw members of the stake presidency and just called them by their first name because that's how I knew them. Yeah. And I'm not going to start calling them president, whatever, in front of any, like, you're not president to me. Yeah. I, I don't acknowledge. And and they were, and I, if they'd made a fuss about it, I probably would have respected their wishes. But I think right. people are generally down get their, to earth, Get so their not pronouns right. My pronouns yeah. are elder. Yeah. You must call me elder. So that's just what I was thinking of. And that mindset helped me get through of it was I'm going to see the X. I'm going to a, I'm going to a baseball game and the X is going to be there and I've got to be civil. Yeah. Because I got to think about the kids who yeah. are, is my mother-in-law. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. But you're, you're actually like, you have divorced parents, right? I do. I do so have you, divorced parents you actually might have more insight. Like, are you seeing the similarities leaving oh, the church, sharing custody over totally. your, with your family, with the church? Totally. Like, what do you see as the most uh, analogous? Well, one thing that we've talked about before on the show is that there's always like, you're, you're never like out of the anger phase. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, my parents have been divorced for 20 years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, this is old news. But there's like still these moments where it's like, oh, you know, they, they don't fully get along. You know, like it's not like they're friends now, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're yeah. still divorced, right? Like that's yeah. still like they are still divorced. That's still the way their relationship is defined is mm -hmm. we had kids together and now we are divorced. And mm -hmm. so, you know, that's something that's never going to go away. And in the early days of their divorce, I, uh, I remember they had, uh, they had a notebook they would pass back and forth where they would write down things because it was, like, too painful to talk in person mm -hmm. and to, like, deal with these things in person. And writing it down in the notebook would take out some of the tone that they mm -hmm. would use. And so... They would write it in the notebook of like elder jackson had allergic reaction today you know uh sister jackson number one had this you know like and go go through like that um and so and i think sometimes we have we have to do that like we have to remove a lot of the tone from the way that mm -hmm. we communicate with members about the church uh mm -hmm. like every time i send a message to a friend who's in the church about the church i always like do like a triple take i'm like okay what am i saying okay mm -hmm. how is this going to come across <laughs> you mm -hmm. know and i imagine that they do the same thing as well you know mm -hmm. like a, a lot of them you know try to make sure 
oh, you know, maybe that's upsetting for Alex to talk about. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't invite him to that, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and, and so I think there's always almost just like a walking on eggshells mm -hmm. that, that comes out of it that in a breakup, yeah, you have that a little bit, but I think if you're a grown up, you can find a way to still be friends or mm -hmm. not even be friends, but just be like pleasant about each other and to each other. But in a divorce, I think that's a, a little more difficult. It's a very clear line has been drawn, right? That yep. we want to make our separation legally permanent. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except like, for some people I do know, I know a couple who got divorced and then got remarried. Right. I just like, I just mean the concept of, yeah. Of the there, divorce there's is, more permanent. We're not too. separating. We're not like going to just go live in separate houses, but you know, still work on things. It's we're going to send these documents to the government, so the government knows we're not a thing. We are not a thing. We want to legally official. Like there is no more official than legally officially not being together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's um. And well, and I think maybe with other churches, it's more like a break of like, oh, I don't go to the Unitarian church anymore, but mm -hmm. because you just stop going yeah. and, and that's it. But in you Mormonism, in Mormonism, if you want to leave, you have to like sign over, you know, <laughs> you sign papers, divorce papers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And sometimes yeah. even get a lawyer involved, <laughs> you know, like, like a notary, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think once you start laying it out that way, because the other thing I was talking to you about was, okay, to actually leave Mormonism behind 100%, what would I have to do? Mm -hmm. I would have to cut out all of my believing family, all of my disbelieving family, yep. all of my Mormon friends, all of my ex-Mormon friends, yep. resign my membership, move far away, and never have contact with any of those people ever again. Yeah, yeah. And then when the missionaries show up at your door, you just act like you know nothing about it and maybe with enough time i would know nothing but to really truly 100 percent have nothing to do with mormonism that's how much i'd have to cut out of my life mm -hmm. and uh so now i think that's where i started thinking about this divorce analogy in sharing custody and the thing i think that helps me work through it is realizing that the church has 100 percent custody mm -hmm. and that's the reality of the divorce arrangement is that the church is going to have 100% custody over your family. And if you behave yourself, you will get to see them on occasional weekends, mm -hmm. but they won't come to your side. You are not going to have in most cases, even split custody or, or get your family out of the church and have hundred percent custody. So I think if you understand that, how do I deal with my family? that's still believing well realize the game that you're playing mm -hmm. you're if you behave yourself you can be together on weekends with supervised visits <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if you keep behaving yourself maybe you can get some unsupervised visits yeah you know maybe they'll come to your house yeah and they won't have a fit if you pour a drink in your own house yeah but they won't throw did, your Keurig in the snowbank. <laughs> right. I want a gif of you throwing a Keurig in the snowbank just so I can like use it regularly. <laughs> just, just send it to friends. Oh man. 
I will not normalize coffee drinking in this house. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, like you'll, cause I, I see that a lot in the X Mormon subreddit. Mm -hmm. How do I deal with my family? My family is, you know, being uncomfortable or how do I set the boundaries or whatever? I think one thing to understand is, is the game you're playing. Yeah. And, and who you are, you are the, in their, in the eyes of the church, you're the deadbeat ex parent. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you are on supervised visits only. Yeah. Until they can learn to trust you again because yeah. you, of the way that your departure from the church is, and the church is blindsided the them and devastated them. And the church and is the court telling you you're, you're too dangerous to take care of children. <laughs> yeah. And they're also the other parent, like <laughs> they're, they're the, the judge, jury and executioner. executioner. Yeah. And accepting the reality of that. Mm -hmm. Cause I think there's a little bit of denial that goes on that life should be different, that this yeah. shouldn't be the way that it is, but this is the way that it is. Yeah. Your, your life will not be the same. Yeah. Like that, that's it. You are in a new relationship status with the church and with your family and with your friends and with the missionaries when they knock on your door, like your relationship is no longer the, oh, I'll see you at church on Sunday. Oh, that'll be fun. Oh, let's go home teaching. Let's do the service. Like that's not the thing anymore. That's mm -hmm. not it. And, and you just kind of have to get used to that. And remember too, it's an adjustment for them as well. And mm -hmm. you, you're going to lose friends along the way. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the hardest part. And that really sucks. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are people that you just won't be able to maintain a relationship with because you're not ready. They're not ready. They're too into it, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's tough. Because that's something you don't talk about with divorced couples either. You have mutual friends. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and not anymore. Yep. And a, a lot of those friends are going to choose sides. Some of them maybe won't. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, think about um, in-laws. You might adore your in-laws. Mm -hmm. You might really like your in-laws, but if you get divorced, you're not going over to mom and dad's house anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not family anymore. Yeah. And, and it sucks. Like that's really, really hard. Uh, but it's also, I think part of just, um, developing a healthy life after Mormonism is leaving a lot of that stuff behind. Mm-hmm. And being okay with that. So I think like one thing that I've heard with um, on the divorce end, at least is like, that's not a decision or a word you throw around in a real heightened emotional state mm -hmm. because you, when people do that, they're not understanding all the consequences that would follow. Mm -hmm. And I think a similar thing with the church, if you're PMO, if you're on the fence, if you're thinking about leaving, like don't make that call in a heightened emotional state mm -hmm. and just go resign your membership because you're really angry about what they said in general conference that week. Mm -hmm. Really think about the ramifications of what are going to happen when you make that final call and understand how it's going to impact you and your family. 
Yeah. For years to come. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a important thing to talk about too, is like, okay, so the church isn't true. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, um, everybody should leave, you know, like that would be great (laughs) if everybody's Mm -hmm. just like, oh, like this is like the flat earth society, you know, okay, we can all leave and be fine. That would be great. But that's not the case. You're dealing with a lot of other people and a lot of people in different situations. Like I've resigned my membership. You Mm -hmm. haven't. Other, Mm -hmm. other people choose to stay, even though they don't believe it at all everybody's going to be in a different situation. And so, yeah, it's important to consider what are going to be the, con- the consequences of this. And a lot of the time, yeah, leave, but just understand that your, your life is going to be different. I lost a lot of friends when I left. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of people who, you know, talk to me with a little bit extra pity in, in mm-hmm. their voice, you know, yeah. we, we could be talking about anything. We could be talking about the newest Marvel movie and they mm-hmm. would, they would be like, oh yeah, how that happened. Mm-hmm. And they'd, you know, be telegraphing like really sad that you left the church, Alex yeah, yeah, or Elder Jackson. And yeah. And you just kind of have to accept that that's the way it's going to be. And you have to find out, you know, what you're ready for and how you're going to deal with it. Um, yeah, like my, my dad has terminal cancer. That is why I have not resigned. Yeah. Yeah. I am not dumping my resignation. I'm not divorcing my family spiritually. Right. While they're dealing with the shadow of death following my dad around. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, so I'd say like, if you're thinking about resigning or if you're PMO, with a believing spouse or something like that. And you're thinking about drawing a harder line and not going to church or, or whatever. Make sure you've leveled and think about all the consequences, mm-hmm. everything that could possibly go wrong and whether or not you're ready to deal with that before you do it. Yeah. I know. Like I know when, when sister Jensen told me she was done with the church she was 100% expecting me to ask for a divorce. Yeah. But she, it, it meant leaving the church was that important to her. Yeah. That she had considered all the, the consequences, mm-hmm. but didn't want to live a lie anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there, there's some people where they're, they weigh all the consequences and the consequences, the potential consequences are too heavy. Yeah. And they choose not to. And I, as long as you're rationally making that choice, I've, I've read this about living in a lose-lose situation. Mm-hmm. How can you do that? Is that like when people are stuck in a dead-end job, yeah. but they're financially dependent on that dead-end job? Yeah. The, way, the only thing you can do for your mental health is to weigh the pros and cons of quitting yeah. and to say, I hate this job, but all things considered... This job provides for my family. Mm-hmm. So I am now making the choice to go to this job that I hate because of what it provides for my family. Yeah. And that's the only way you can mentally cope in a lose-lose. So I hate going to church, but weighing the consequences that it would have on my family, I choose to suffer for two hours a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And that change in your mindset and your perspective can 
that can make the difference of the whole, because now you're not a passive participant. Yeah. You are actively making the choice to be there. And, and now that you've actively made the choice, you, you feel like you're in control of your life now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing is like being true to yourself and being in control of your life, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're, that you're doing in order to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Any other, any other thoughts on the divorce? No, those are all my thoughts on divorcing the church. So just to sum up, when you leave the church, remember that you're, you have weekend visits, supervised visits with Mm -hmm. your family. Now you have divorced the church and the church will continue to be a part of your life. As long as the family is a part of your life. Yeah. And to keep that in mind and remain, try to remain civil Mm -hmm. with your family. Yeah. Realize that you're sharing custody with a monolithic organization. Yeah. You're not going to win. Yeah. And the only thing that's going to suffer is your relationships with your family. Yeah. Maybe those relationships aren't worth, aren't worth it. Yeah. In some cases, those relationships aren't worth it. But if those family relationships are worth it, then you have to treat it like a, a shared custody. Yeah. Or weekend supervised visits. Yeah. 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 I think, I, I think that's huge it is just knowing, knowing what's going to work for you and knowing, being aware of the consequences of, of you leaving. Um, because yeah, when the person you're divorcing has a, a stranglehold on the court, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're, you're going to get screwed either way and it sucks. Yeah. Uh, but f- finding whatever way you can to, to make it work for you and to, mm-hmm. to find ways to live a happy life. And if that means giving up custody of the kids, quote unquote, Mm-hmm. You know, you might have to. A lot of people have. We've had people on the show who have. Who mm-hmm. say, yeah, just cut it all out. Mm-hmm. And I left. And I'm happy. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I think it's a, like with anything, it's a personal journey and personal experience that you have to have to work with. But, yeah, uh, any anything else? And then just the other other side of that in summary is, when you're making your decisions about your relationship with the church after leaving is to weigh all the pros and cons and to make the choice for yourself. So even if you're staying, if you're PMO, make the choice to be PMO and, and weigh the pros and cons. And by making the choice to do those things, you should feel happier about, or at least in control because it's your choice in your life. It's your choice. You choose to be PMO because of the consequences it would have to your life if you chose something else. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Well, with that, uh, in the name of who are, who are we uh, in, in the naming of? Of course, our Lord and Savior, Russell M. Nelson. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs>